president of Merely Human Ministries, Jay Watts. Hey, this is Jay Watts from Merely Human Ministries. One of the questions that we often get during Q&A is, well, it comes in the way of a question and let's say an accusation. Someone stands up and says, what are we going to do with all of the poor children that are going to be born as a result of getting rid of abortion? If we, if we outlaw abortion, then poor women are going to be forced to have their ch- children and we're going to have the, uh, a state or a country that is burdened by the need to take care of all of these poor people. The other way it comes as an accusation, they say things like, all you do is care about children until they're born, and then after that you don't care about them. Let's deal first with the objection. The objection that there will be poor people all over the place that we have the burden of taking care of if we get rid of abortion. Number one, this presupposes the inhumanity of the unborn. This is the the number one mistake that people made, as I've learned from Greg Kokel and Scott Klusendorf, and as I have seen throughout college campuses and throughout high schools around this country. The first mistake they make is they assume that the unborn are not human in the same way that you and I are. And this infects the rest of their argument. In this particular case, they assume when they appeal to poverty that the unborn are not human in the same way more mature human beings are who are suffering under poverty. Because if the unborn are fully human, if the best arguments that we have demonstrate that they are fully human in the same way that you and I are, they have the same basic dignity, we have the same basic responsibilities and obligations to them that we have to any other human being, then what this argument amounts to is saying that we ought to be able to kill poor people before they're born as a means of fighting poverty. Well, how do you fight poverty by killing the poor. That's not moral. That's not just. And the way we help them to see that they're making the mistake is we use the tool trot out the toddler. Uh, As happened recently at a high school when a young man stood up and asked me this, I put my hand on my hip and I said, I understand that poverty is very difficult. Believe me, as somebody who has been through stretches in my life where my wife and I, when we were first married, had very little money and I ate very simple meals and we, we had an empty house when we got married and couldn't believe that it would ever be full in the way that it is now. Uh, we just wanted to be married and we were we were blessed to be able to have that house uh, and and we were just thrilled with everything that we had but we understand what it means to not have things so I don't I don't discount the importance of poverty but I put my hand on my hip and I asked that young man I said I, I want you to imagine that I have a two-year-old little girl standing next to me this two-year-old little girl is the fourth of four children There's no doubt that since she's been born, the financial strain that's been placed on her family is immense. It has changed everything. It is not a trivial matter. Her siblings, her three older siblings, get much less attention from their parents than they got before. Let's say the father had to get a second job. Uh, The whole family is at risk from month to month that if something goes wrong with the finances of being in a terrible condition, would it be okay with you in recognizing the seriousness of this financial burden that's been placed on this family by the decision to have a fourth child if we killed this two-year-old little girl in order to remove the burden of the finances that she's placed on this family? Well, of course, the young man said, no, of course. And I said, well, why? Why not? Why can't we kill them? Well, because that would be wrong. Well, why is that wrong? And so we had some back and forth where I put the burden on him to explain. I told them, look, they're in trouble. This is real financial danger this family has found themselves in. Why can't we kill the little girl to help them out? He said, because she's human. We can't kill humans because they're expensive. Exactly. So if the unborn are human in the same way this two-year-old little girl is, then we can't kill them because they're expensive either. We don't kill the poor to solve the problem of poverty. We work to find creative, life-affirming solutions as a community to to reach out to people that find themselves in trouble, but we don't kill them for being victims of something. Now, I said there's another way that this comes. This comes as an accusation. We get them back in the first way of saying, okay, the answer then, the question we have to answer is what is the unborn? But if it comes as an accusation, you don't care 
about them after they're born. All you care about them is before they're born. This accusation has two problems. The first one is it's an ad hominem attack. All it does is attack me as a human being, as a person. It says, you're a rotten person. But that doesn't do anything to answer the question, what are the unborn? Remember, if the unborn are fully human in the same way the rest of us are, then why pick them out of the poverty people, of, of, of impoverished human beings to kill? Why not kill the two-year-olds? Why not kill 10-year-olds? Why not kill impoverished adults? If you accept the idea that we can deal with poverty by killing human beings, why particularly those human beings versus any others? But if you believe, like that young man did, that we can't kill human beings because they're expensive, now the question is, is there a fundamental difference between the unborn and those human beings that you won't kill? And that's an argument that we have to have. But we can't answer that question by disparaging me, because it could be true that I am a jerk. It could be true that I'm objectionable. It can be true that I simply don't care at all about the value of human life after it's born, and all I care about are the unborn prior to their birth. But that doesn't mean they're the kind of thing we're allowed to kill. It just means that I'm a rotten human being. It just means I have questionable character. It's an ad hominem attack. It's to the man, not to the point. The point is what are the unborn? And I said the other problem is that it's just factually inaccurate. Back in 2011, there was an article written that you can still access at public discourse called the lazy slander of the pro-life cause. And it goes through and it highlights all the reasons that this is inaccurate. I remember being on a, on a college campus. I was actually at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And a gentleman walked up to me, an adult, not one of the students there who was on staff. And he said, are there any adoption agencies out there? Are you Christians care at all about adoptions? Well, yeah, it was the largest adoption agency in the United States and the world is a Christian adoption agencies. Multiple adoption agencies, some of the largest in the world are Christian adoption agencies. There are crisis pregnancy centers all over this country where if you go in, they will give you free things to take care of their families, give them classes to teach them the means to be able to take care of the children. The one that I worked at for several years, we provided up to the first two years of their lives, baby needs, we provided clothing for the mother, helping her, finding job interviews, and these are all over the country. Their access to funds at universities, particularly some of the Catholic universities where I've visited, for women who find themselves struggling with an unexpected pregnancy but wanting to maintain their status in school. And as far as I know, many of the, the public universities I've been to have the exact same thing. And beyond that, personally, anecdotally, I can tell you that many of the people that I know in the pro-life movement have adopted children. As a matter of fact, the man the pastor most responsible for inspiring me to become more active in the pro-life movement right now has nine children living in his house. Some of my friends who are most active supporting me online have multiple foster kids in their family. Our children routinely play with the foster children from other families or adoptive children from other families. I know more people in the pro-life movement that are either actively trying to adopt people or fostering people than I know out of any other group in the country. It's a lazy accusation that is not founded or grounded in anything other than the idea that conservative people who are on the conservative side as far as politically don't believe that the government is the best solution to problems. As somebody who, who believes wholeheartedly in the principle of subsidiarity, I believe that the best solution is the most local institution, the closest people to the problem will be able to handle the problem most efficiently. Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about the children. It just means that you and I disagree about how we help them. 
Somebody who's an objector may believe that the best solution is a federal government program. I personally, having worked with government on different areas, don't believe that they're the best solution to this. And I trust the people in the community to handle it through private donations to organizations, 501c3s, charitable organizations, ministries that are right there and are looking people eye to eye and attempt to help them. Now, this doesn't mean that we care differently about life after it's born. It just means we have different ideas about the most effective means of helping them. So when somebody says, what about all the poor people? The first thing we do is we point out that they've assumed that the unborn are not human in the same way that you and I are, because they would never suggest that an answer to poverty is killing more mature pure, uh, poor human beings. We don't kill the poor to solve poverty. And when it amounts to an accusation, we point out that number one, it's an ad hominem. You're attacking me, you're not talking my arguments, and nothing that you say about me, true or false, in any way affects or impacts how we answer the question, what are the unborn? And that's how we determine the moral nature of abortion. Are they human in the same way that you and I are? Do they have the same basic dignity? Do we owe them the same respect that we owe to all of the human life, which is minimally just not to kill it? And finally, it just isn't true. There isn't data to support that pro-lifers don't care about life after it's born. As a matter of fact, there is both data that we can find through statistics or evaluation of different organizations or the numbers of organizations that are out there. And there's plenty of anecdotal evidence out there as well of pro-life Christians that are active in foster care, active in adoption. This has been Jay Watts from Merely Human Mysteries.